when you see the differences that the RIA side of the fence has from a benefit standpoint and eliminating the negatives like the surrender charges, surrender fees, it really is, you know, a game changer. In this episode of Advisor Revelations, learn how one advisor uses registered index linked annuities and other commission-free solutions to build retirement portfolios and the biggest benefits he sees for using these strategies in the RIA channel today. Hello and welcome to the Advisor Revelations podcast. Today we're going to be talking commission-free annuities and how these products can benefit certain clients and advisors. More specifically, how firms are using these strategies to help keep clients invested, mitigate sequence of returns risk, and solve for guaranteed income needs. Our guest today is Javi Barndoller, an investment advisor and CEO at Pure Path Wealth Management. Javi, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Scott. Glad to be here. Happy to have you. So we want to remind our listeners that we encourage you to connect with the DPL consultant team if you have any questions about the strategies and solutions that we may bring up today by going to our website at dplfp.com. Find us on the Meet the Team page to make an appointment. PurePath Wells has been a DPL member for over a year now. Before we start our discussion, Hobby, just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your firm and, and what you guys bring to the table. Sure. We, um, I got in the business in 1998. My father started the company. I started doing insurance and then slowly but surely moved into the financial world. And so I kind of grew up in the industry. I remember listening to my dad do radio programs as a kid. And, you know, I followed in his footsteps, went to Mercer University on a soccer scholarship, four years, got my MBA with a concentration in finance from Georgia State University. I gained about 100 pounds, so I don't play soccer anymore. But I have a, a lovely wife, my wife Amy, and uh, four kids, one daughter and three boys. And my father passed away about two years ago, which is when we decided to make that transition away from the commission-based business to broker-dealer world into the fee-based fiduciary world. Interesting, interesting. So I guess now being able to implement, you know, no load products and solutions, what type of annuities have you been seeing are most beneficial for you and your firm so far? Yeah, I think it's not so much the different types of annuities because in the broker dealer world, we had the same annuities, you know, we had the fixed index annuities that we still had structured, you know, products as they're referred to like RILAs and fixed annuities and variable annuities. I think the biggest thing was learning how inferior those products were to the fee-based side. Then hmm. I kind of get into that more later, but yeah, it's not so much the products, it's the benefits of the products that were really eye-opening for me. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's good to hear. Definitely a big difference, especially on caps, buffers. Definitely. So I guess on that note, I know here lately we've been doing a lot of client cases just on the mm-hmm. RILA and fixed index annuity side. What's been the catalyst for using those products? You know, where are you seeing fit in client portfolios overall? And Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember going to a national sales meeting for an IMO one time and I sat down with an insurance company and I said, why don't you lower our commission? Give us exclusivity to sell a product 
and give all the, the extra benefits, take our commission lower down and give the extra benefits to the clients. And the insurance company's response was, if we did that, no one would sell our product. And I always thought that was very interesting because at the end of the day, we're in a position to help our clients, right? It's not so much as my you know business partner always said is, I don't want to get rich off of one client. I want to help hundreds of clients. And over time, my salary will increase because I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, when you start looking at, you know, these products and what they have to offer, it is very telling because when you called me up and started telling me about the products and the surrender charges or lack thereof and the benefits of their products, it was exactly what I've been looking for, you know, for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. So it was really exciting for me to get that phone call and uh, to be educated by you. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been um, an easy relationship. So talk to me too about that transition from the broker dealer side over to fee-based and, you know, what that looked like for you and where you see insurance fitting in that and annuities and yeah, where you see it going from there. Yeah. And I'll start off by just a quick story. So every single time I would give an annuity workshop, I'd always ask clients because typically clients would come in one of three ways. One, they have no idea what an annuity is. They have no pre-conception you know, of good or bad. The other is a client that had a good experience with annuities and loved the annuity world. But the majority of people have had a bad experience with annuities. And I enlighten it to, you know, we've all bought a car in the past, or most of us have, and you don't drive off the lot and say, man, that was such a bad investment. I really got screwed on that deal. Typically, you drive off the lot and it might be a year later, or two years later, and you realize, yeah, maybe I didn't get the best deal. Maybe that guy, you know, sold me on, you know, the bug treatment on the hood. And you realize later on that it was a bad deal. The same thing is true with annuities. You never buy an annuity. The minute the broker or agent walks out the door, you say, and that was a horrible investment. Why did I do that? Because then you free look the policy. But in looking at you know these annuities out there, a lot of people had bad experiences because they realize it three, four, it could be 10 years later when they start to turn on the income and they go, wow, this this is not what I signed up for. And you know, being in the industry for so long. You hear these horror stories. You know, you hear, I, I remember sitting down with a client one time who had a 16 year surrender product that started off in year one at 20% a surrender charge. And on top of that, their cap rate, the most they're ever going to make on that product is 2.5%. And they asked me, like, hey, what can you do for us? And my answer was absolutely nothing. Yeah. And my heart went out to them, but those are some of the things that, you know, that annuities have had a a really bad name for, you know, so I start there and always ask them, you know, what is their vision of what an annuity is? And when they start listing all the negatives of it, you typically get, oh, high commission, right? That's a typical one. Oh, long surrender periods 
high surrender charges. You know, they control the allocation. You can't change the allocation ever. Mm -hmm. The cap rates are really low and they can change the cap rate. So when you get these people that are in that negative box, they can give answers, you know, 15 long. And that's really where, you know, your team and your products eliminate you know, 99% of those negative comments right off the bat, which is, you know, refreshing in my world. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Cause all those things that uh, you just mentioned there, I mean, we've run into in the past or that's what we're here to, mm-hmm. to really combat is those long surrender periods at 16 years surrender charge is just unheard of, especially yeah. on our platform, six or seven is about as high as it goes, depending on the product. And it's just really what we've come here to, to combat and really take that out of the product. So it actually benefits the client, like you mentioned, going and stripping out those commissions and putting it back into the client's portfolio so that the annuity does what it was intended to do. The annuity has always been there, but it's just repurposing and actually letting it do what we needed to do from a fiduciary mindset, like you mentioned, and what's best for the client. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, Javi, I'd just like to get a little bit more in depth with you just about the RILA structured products and then as well as the fixed index annuities and just their benefits and how you see them fitting in clients' portfolio. Okay. Are you seeing people using those RILAs or FIAs as a sequence of return mitigator? You know, where do you typically and how do you typically present it to a client? Yeah. So as a practice, we really take a holistic approach. And so, you know, the days of investing 100% in the stock market, I think clients are realizing, especially clients nearing retirement or in retirement, that that's not a good game plan. If you catch the market on an upswing, it might work out for you. But if you catch it on a downswing like we're on right now, and you're not diversified, it really just, it can mess up your retirement to the point where you've got to go back to work and, you know, no one has their uh, retirement golden years where, oh yeah, I took another job to supplement my income. Mm-hmm. And so in looking at our practice, we start off first by doing the risk analysis and that's where it all starts and finding out, you know, just from a standpoint of income needs, where they're going to be. and that's where it starts. So you have a high net worth client. You might not need an income rider, mm-hmm. but a lot of times my clients are looking for at least a portion of their portfolio to have guarantees. And that's really what we focus on. And we start there. And so looking at the FIAs or the fixed index annuities, many of my clients who are in the lower risk category, but want that guaranteed income, it's a perfect fit for them. Mm-hmm. I've got other clients who are younger and they're going to defer that income for a period of years and they want to get the most growth possible, but still don't have that risk appetite that might come with, say, a variable annuity or being in the stock market. And that's really where you guys have really been a great help to where I don't have to figure out the best product. I just call you and say, here are my client's goals. Here's their risk tolerance. And what's the best product that you guys have available out there? Mm-hmm. You might have some clients that, you know, that we're working with, with Catherine, that she needed liquidity. So she didn't want her money tied up at all, but she also lost her husband. And so the pension that he had from 
the electric union up north went away. And so she needed guaranteed income. So it was nice to freshly coming out of the broker dealer world to see the huge differences and not only the growth potential, but the higher income that you can get from this. And Mm -hmm. I know this might be, you know, sound crazy when I say this, but I really believe that, you know, the broker dealer world is going to have to figure this out because quite frankly, they can't compete from a product standpoint to what's out there on the fee-based side. Did I answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. It's phenomenal insight. I kind of want to spend more time just on that last point you said. It really drives home the mission of DPL and what we're here to do. I think combating the old way that annuities have been placed, where they've been professionally sold instead of professionally bought and actually put into a client's portfolio to do what they're intended to do. Mm-hmm. What's, um, I guess, been the environmental difference for you as far as like where you've come from and where you see this type of mission going forward as far as commission-free annuities and actually implementing them in clients' plans where you see fit? The biggest thing for me is what you said. You know, are you selling a product or are you trying to do what's best to help your client? And I really believe there's people out there listening that they care first and foremost about putting their client in the best available product that matches their goals and needs. But on the flip side, there is a bunch of people out there who care about one thing and one thing only, and that is, you know, lining their pocketbook first and hoping that that product is the best for their client. And so a lot of the industry, the reg eye, you know, things from a compliance world are really helping facilitate doing the right thing. But on the fiduciary side, you know, legally, you have to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to take your client's overall portfolio and listen, some of my clients, they don't belong in annuities. Exactly. They don't need an annuity. It doesn't match their goals. And I'm not afraid to tell them that. Like, and I'll never forget. I got a call from a guy. He's worth three and a half million dollars. And he was 82 at the time. And he said, Hey, this other guy's telling me, what a great annuity this is. And I said, well, Ray, I said, it is a good annuity, but it doesn't meet your needs and goals. Then he goes, well, okay, well, tell me why. So I gave him all these reasons. He ended up still buying the annuity through the other guy. But it was one of those things where I could sleep well at night knowing that I'm giving him the best professional advice that I can in this environment where you're not getting paid a commission. There's no conflict of interest, really, where I can sell an annuity, I cannot sell an annuity. It's not going to change what I get each and every year, but there's more of an education process behind it to where I can tell the client the pros and cons of the investment, why I think it's a good fit. But at the end of the day, they can be empowered to make the right decision for themselves because they know their risk tolerance, they know their goals. And so if I take Mm -hmm. enough time and educate them, then really it's them making the decision, not me pushing, you know, my thought process on them. 
Yeah. Yeah, that way you can give them a multitude of options and let them decide what's best for them because at the end of the day, they know themselves best. Yeah. And I think that point too, I wanted to just ask, you know, this one last question, you know, what do you think holds advisors or clients back from just adapting to this model? Is it just pure lack of education? I know you just mentioned that or what's your thought? That's a great question. And I don't know the full answer to it. I can kind of give you my assumption. So we were in the broker dealer world for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so to jump ship over to the RIA side of the fence without starving to death, it took a while. So our goal was to do it, you know, in three years. And I think we ended up doing it in seven years. So it does take a while. But then there is, you know, the lack of education from the broker dealer world or just agents in general to really understand how this could change a client's life. I mean, an extra three, when I'm looking at cap rates, where on the RIA side of the fence, the fiduciary world, cap rates are, you know, north of, you know, 18%, north of 25% on the 10-year buffer, where you're going to, you know, products on the commission-based side in the broker-dealer world that, you know, are 10%, Annually, I mean, that's a huge jump, mm-hmm. but 10% growth to over 25%. I mean, I don't want to say life changing, but if the market goes up 30% and you're capped out at 25% versus 10%, that could really change somebody's life. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you know, the surrender charges, if any, are a lot less, are um, a lot shorter. Just all the way around, I think in the next 10 years, you know, potentially, you know, the broker dealer world could be obsolete or they're going to have to change something in the way they do business. I like it. I like it. So, Javi, before coming to DPL and actually breaking away and being a fee-only advisor, I guess, what were you doing for lifetime income for a client whenever they were wanting to solve for that? That was a big need for them. What were you doing before you found DPL? Yeah. So I would, on the variable annuity side, I would call, you know, all eight companies and find out what had the best product. They all have their little niches. You know, if you're going to look for deferred income for 10 years, you know, company A might be the best. If you're going to take immediate in company B might be the best. And if you're going to take it in one year, company C. So I was doing the legwork on that and, you know, calling every variable annuity company that my broker dealer had a selling agreement with. Where now I just call Scott and say, hey, this is what my client's needs are. What's the best product out there? Can you send me an illustration? It becomes you know, very streamlined. On mm-hmm. the FIA side, I was using an IMO and they had a back office that would kind of do the due diligence on that. You tell them what you're looking for and they'd give you a breakdown of you know, software driven, which I'm sure you guys have as well. But really, the biggest thing is the benefits. And I've never had, and I still work with IMOs, but I've never had a IMO that has given me a better product than what you guys have to offer. So So on that note, would you feel like you're more empowered to have those conversations with clients in those client meetings? Are clients more receptive to hearing what you have to say when you tell them that story? It was more so because 
let's face it, annuities can be confusing. Yes. Right? Especially when you start talking about a structured annuity yes. and what that means. And, you know, I learned very early on, the more information you give them, the more confused they can be. Right. So it's a fine line of trying to educate the client without confusing the client because mm-hmm. a confused client typically says no. But it's more so knowing as a fiduciary that you want to put the client's you know, needs ahead of your own, that you know that this is the best product out there for the client. And I think the more people that move over to the RIA side, the more people that you talk to, I mean, there's no denying. I mean, I mean you know, you can take a 1%, a 2% difference in a portfolio over 30 years and you can run the graph and it will change somebody's life. Well, now you're talking about 15%. It is unbelievable that this world that you're in doesn't get more attention. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the reason why. I don't know why that is. I I imagine that slowly but surely it becomes a competitive advantage for me. I really is. So when you're sitting in front of a client and you can show them the differences and and able to, to tell them what it looks like, not over a one year period of time, right? But over 20 years, 30 years, it really, like I said, becomes a competitive advantage for me over your traditional broker dealer, even your traditional insurance agents that are only doing, you know, commission-based products. Have you run up against that before where, where you've got a client that's being pitched some sort of annuity where they went to a steak dinner or what have you, and you're able to show them the different options? How's that look? Yeah, it takes a little bit of education because like I said, I've had someone say to me one time, well, I'm guaranteed 2%. This is the worst I'm ever going to get, but I can get 36% a year because I'm in a monthly cap product. And I say, well, okay, well, those products, yes, if they do 2% each and every month and they, they cap them off, you can make 24 to 36% depending on the cap rate on the monthly cap. I go, but what happens on the downside? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, do they cap the downside protection? They go, oh, I can't lose any money on the downside. In fact, and this is where they start to get confused, I'm guaranteed to make 2%. And I said, well, not if you're not in that bucket, mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, yes, they will reset your account on the annual anniversary, but they don't lock in or eliminate the downside on a monthly basis. That just gets reset. You know, mm-hmm. so I give the example, you know, if you're up 3% for February and up 3% for March, and then April, you're down 10%, you know, what happened to all your gains? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still up 6%. I said, absolutely not. So it takes a little while. Some people, to be honest, never get it. Mm -hmm. And some people want to believe that pie in the sky. But typically the people that don't understand it years later when they see their statement, like I had a guy in that uh, monthly cap to cap. It was in Mm -hmm. 2009. Mm -hmm. He didn't make any money in 2009. 2009 was a great year in the stock market. And so we called the company and the company on a recorded line said, well, you know, 2009 was a bad year in the stock market. And I just said, ma'am, I don't want to embarrass you, but the stock market was over 20%. And my client here, a product that I never sold him, 
didn't make anything. Can you explain that? And I was doing it more to educate the client, not embarrass the customer service person, but he finally got it. And sometimes it requires calling the company and asking them questions and having them tell you on a recorded line, yeah, this product is a bad product. <laughs> they don't say it's a bad product, but by the answers that, you know, to your questions, the client realizes that it's a bad you really get the gist that it's not the best fit because in that scenario, like a bull market would be great if it was a hundred percent bull market every single month on a monthly cap. Oh, right. That's best case scenario. So talk to me too about just like the past bull run market that we've had versus now, especially with COVID and, and interest rates rising, you know, how that bull market really prepped advisors to maybe not be set up in the best portfolio design now that the market's not doing what it has done for the past 13 years? Yeah. You know, when I give my workshops, I talk about 2008, right? Yep. And I've had many people come up to me and goes, why do you keep on talking about 2008? That was 10 years ago. And I mm -hmm. said, well, you know, I talk about 2008 because that was the pain that I saw people go through. People, I had a guy came to me and he goes, Hobby, I want you to look at my portfolio. I'm 100% in the stock market, had over a million dollars in his 401k that he rolled into an IRA and his portfolio was down over 50% and his expenses went up. They didn't go down. And so he asked me, you know, what I should do. And I was, you know, in my thirties at the time. And I told him, I said, you know, stuff you're telling a 65 year old, you know, man, he spent his entire life saving. And you know, my recommendation was to have him go back to work mm -hmm. and, to his credit, he did. And we restructured his entire portfolio and had some guarantees in there through the annuity world. I wish I had some fee-based annuities at the time that mm -hmm. I dealt with, but they didn't exist, or at least I didn't know they existed. And, um, you know, restructured his, his whole portfolio. So when you start looking at the bull market that we've had, I mean, from millennials on, you know, they say Americans have very short-term memories. They forget the pain. Well, they're in a market right now where they feel the pain again. Mm -hmm. And consumer sentiment is going down. And these millennials who, you know, have always put their money in any stock they want and made money, it really is, you know, eye-opening to them. And I think it's, I hate to say it's a good thing, but we don't live in a world where there's never a chance of risk, right? Mm -hmm. So when risk comes in, I love talking to my clients now because they ask me, how are we doing? So we're doing great. We diversified your portfolio. We added guarantees, you know, through the annuity portion. And so I was looking at a statement today where the S&P showed a 20% loss, you know, for the year and she didn't mm -hmm. lose anything. In fact, her income actually went up because she's in deferral. And when you get to tell a client that when they're, you know, telling their fellow employees what's going on in their portfolio, it's just, it's an awesome feeling. It really yeah. is to know that you put together a plan just for a time like this. And now they're seeing it to, you know, to fruition where all the other people that are still heavily in the stock market are looking for answers. Mm. Did that make sense? 
little long-winded, but but they're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's funny. That's not the response I hear often. I you know sometimes have a few advisors that aren't excited to talk to their clients. It's funny when I'm trying to educate. I'm talking to an advisor and I'm asking what client is making you the most angry at this point who's calling you the most because some advisors aren't happy to talk to their clients so that's uh, that's a unique perspective now that you have those guarantees in there that you're excited to talk to a client that's that's a different and unique perspective so it's cool to hear yeah and let me kind of talk about the products that are out there in a sense of like right now it's a very volatile time right we can all agree with that in the last month is almost somewhat flat, but you know, year to date, you know, we're down over 20%. And so the question is, where's the bottom, right? Everyone wants to know, Oh, where's the bottom? Where's the bottom? Where's the bottom? Well, the next question is if we hit the bottom, you know, typically that first year the first bull market that we hit is typically a high growth market. So I asked my clients, what do you think the stock market is going to do if it starts to turn around and go back up? A lot of them say, I don't know, maybe 10%, 15%, you know, but I don't want to get out of the stock market. And I said, no, I get it. But why not add layers of protection? Mm-hmm. And if you really believe it's only going to go up 15, 10, even, you know, 20%, you can still capture all of that upside. Right. But still protect, you know, 10 to 15% on the downside. It just makes too much sense. And I've never had a client that says, well, I don't want to not have anything on the downside. Like people want, the more you can get protection on the downside, the better. Right. I've never had anyone come to me and say, I think we're going to do 25% the next year. Now, could it happen? Sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times managing clients' expectations and trying to educate them, you know, that's half the battle. So if they get all of their upside that they think they're going to get and then some, you know, if the market does 40% and you only get 25, 30%, you're not going to have any clients that are upset with you. Right. Right. Yeah. So I love to hear you expand on that more too. Are there any client specific scenarios that you've had or you've run into in the past couple months where you're implementing those types of products? You know, what's that been looking like for you? Camille was up in central Florida, north of me. She doesn't want to lose any money whatsoever. That was her main goal but she doesn't want to get stuck at like a 3% cap. So we were able to put her, she doesn't need the income. She has really good income, retired nurse, but she was able to you know, put her money, get much higher cap rates than you ever could in the FIA traditional world. You know, so she was happy. I mean, you know, and, and she was like, how come you haven't offered these to me before? I said, well, <laughs> I was in the commission world before. <laughs> Didn't know they existed. So that's one. But then also, Another younger client of mine, Steve, he's in his, you know, 40s and they understand they want stock market exposure, mm-hmm. but they don't want stock market exposure with a hundred percent risk because obviously what's happened in the last year, they've seen that. So we're able to give them, you know, it was, I want to say at the time, uh, 19% upside that they're going to get. So anything, you know, between zero and 19%, they're going to keep, mm-hmm. it goes above 19%. They're only going to keep 19%, but they don't care. They're happy with that. And then they also have the downside protection that the stock market fell 10%. They don't lose any money. So it was a really good fit for them. 
but yeah, it, for me, it just depends on the client and what their goals and needs are. And then I call you, Scott, <laughs> you kind of find me the best product out there. So it's my specialty. <laughs> so when you, I guess, were learning just more about DPL and the products that we have, were there any new products that you kind of discovered that could provide new benefits to your clients that we have? Or is there anything in an ideal world that maybe we should add to a product? You know, what's been the, the learning curve there? That could be an hour question right there. <laughs> <laughs> the new products. So I, I love to get involved with some new products with you guys that I think would fit. But I would tell you, not so much. I mean, we had done some structured products in the broker dealer world where a lot of people, you know, a lot of financial planners don't even know what a structured product is, as you know, because you probably talk to people every single day. But we were one of the people that actually did it on the commission side. That being said, and I'll take name the insurance company name, but, you know, we did a variable annuity company that had a free flow. You could pick any of their 130 different funds you know, inside their portfolio to manage it. The only problem is it came with a seven year surrender period, right? Still a great product. It had unlimited growth, right? You had a company that gave a guaranteed stream of income and that death benefit was protected. Mm. Whatever they put in, they were to get back as long as that account value, I think it didn't fall below, we'll call it, you know, $3,000. Well, in your world, you know, oh, we have that same product. The fees are, you know, cut down by, I think, one and a half percent. And it's fully liquid. Day one. So, I mean, if I had had this product, you know, think back 1998, how many people, how many clients I've seen over the years. And they go, man, I love this product. The only thing I don't love about it is seven years. I don't know. I mean, I'm 72 years old. I might be dead in seven years. And I go, well, you're still protecting. Yeah, a seven year just, it just gets me. Mm -hmm. Now the conversation changes. Oh yeah, you know, seven years is a long time. Well, let me show you a product that we have that's fully liquid. Mm -hmm. People, when you say that the word annuity and fully liquid, it doesn't compute <laughs> because they go, especially in my world in Florida, we have a lot of transplants from up north. Yeah. A lot of retirees that come to Florida to retire, they have gone to workshops where all people say is, this is a great product, great product, this sounds so good. And then they show you the bells and whistles and they go, oh, how long is the surrender charge? Or how long is the surrender period? Oh, it's 10 years. Mm -hmm. What's the surrender charge? Oh, it's 14%. That's a hard pill to swallow for somebody that knows that they might only live for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. You know, I say this product's fully liquid. That's a new concept for people. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we all know, and I'm sure you know from your experience as an advisor, that plans change. And sometimes we need to be able to have the flexibility to get in and get out. And that's yeah. what we have now. Yeah. So before we wrap up, is there anything uh, else that you just want to mention that we didn't hit on today or discuss? Yeah, no, other than just recapping what I said before, I think the people that put their clients first, and especially people that came from the broker-dealer world, and I would even say people that had never written annuities before. And I've gotten in conversations with accountants, they go, annuities are the worst investment that's ever been made. And I said, well, why do you say that? I sit down and I see my clients that come in, they've had products for eight years, never made a dime on it. Eight years, made you know, 2% a year. 
And it is an education process. But when you take somebody that puts their clients first, I don't see how they don't implement products like this into their portfolio for some of their clients. Right. Because it just truly helps somebody. And I'll close with this. I had a client. She was in an investment and it was going to go public. It went public. And she said, what should I do? I'm scared of the stock market. And I said, I really think this product's going to do good in the secondary market. So sure enough, within a week, it was up 30%. It had a little bit of a pullback. It went from you know $10 to $13, $13 to like $12.30. Mm. And she called me up and was screaming mm. at me. I lost all this money. Let me look. What's going on? Oh, no. I said, you're still up over 20%. She goes, no, but from last week, I'm down. It taught me a very valuable lesson that everyone is different. She was an older client, lived through the depression, and she basically did not have the risk tolerance for the stock market. Products like this allow somebody to participate with guarantees and eliminate 99% of the negative aspect of we called it the A word back in the day, the annuity. So a lot of people had negative connotations when it came to this. But I mean, the products that you offer are just so good that it almost is hard to believe that more people aren't using it. I hope they don't because it creates a competitive advantage for me. It really does. Right. But I think, you know, good products over time, people will realize, you know, it'll rise to the top. Yeah. So that's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, the more clients figure out about it and bring it to the attention of their advisors, the more or their friends. Yeah, that's even better. Oh, I have a product that you know is nineteen percent cap. What? What? Yeah. My cap is three <laughs> percent. It has been for twelve years. <laughs> and then they call their advisor. Hey, what the hell? You know? <laughs> exactly. More clients go to hobby. That's the plan. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, Hobby, just want to, you know, appreciate the time today. Thank you for coming on to our Advisor Revelations podcast. Yeah, you too, Scott. Always a pleasure to talk with you. I appreciate the insight. It was very helpful and very eye-opening. So, all of our listeners out there just want to remind you to subscribe on our website and feel free to sign up to listen to more podcasts in the future. Website is dplfp.com. Feel free to look around on our team page or any other white papers or education pieces that we have out there. Otherwise, thank you guys and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Hobby. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening. To hear more advisor revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming app.